0: Jordan is on best Harper's on middle McKee gets it in the middle They play together, they believe um, If there's Levert, it's cold
1: Levert, back in Speed Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew Holiday. shot clock down to six Finds one go
0: Welcome to another edition of the Indie Corn Rose Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you, get your feedback, let us know what you like, dislike. Of course, Caitlin and I did our two questions to offer the month uh, yesterday. You can, of course, uh, I mean, listen to that before you get it, diving into this or, or just after we hit some overarching things. Um, joined today by, of course, my good friend and contributor over at 8.9 Seconds, Rhett Bauer. Rhett, how are you doing today, man? Not too bad, Mark. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, watching a lot of basketball lately. Me too, man. I've been uh, I've been really trying to keep keep up with everything going on. I know a lot of people are getting burnt out and feeling uh, frustrated because games have been blowouts. Um, so that's been interesting to parse through. I feel like I'm watching a lot of like halves of games and stuff, and um, like watching the Celtics and the Nuggets game a couple days ago was wild because I was watching the Nuggets like just totally pull away and looking like they were gonna absolutely uh blow the doors off of Denver and then the Celtics decided not and uh yeah it's uh I think they went on a 40 to 8 run to close the game or something like that yeah I don't know if you saw that but it was just I did crazy yes. game, man uh, also it, prayers up to Joel Murray that that sucked
1: yeah uh it's like the non-contact knee stuff is just awesome. I know it's, they know it's a torn ACL right now but that's just you hate to see it and how much pain he was on the ground like yeah. that's just made me really uncomfortable and uh you know it's it's gonna be interesting to see where the nuggets go from here but uh hopefully Jokic can continue playing like the MVP of the league which he is to me and uh keep him afloat yeah no I agree
0: um so we're gonna hit on a couple things today uh we're gonna come in and talk about last night's Clippers game which I actually feel pretty positive about or not like super positive but we can take some good stuff from it Mm -hmm. um and then preview a little bit with the with the Rockets um I guess I would ask number 1 uh before I'll well, actually before I even ask Pacers dropped to 26 and I mean 25 and 28 uh had an opportunity to get a little bit closer to being uh in the A seed uh getting back to 500 Knicks won last night Pacers did not so that that extended the gap a little bit um not an easy easy loss um but I, at least for me I mean it was kind of expected coming in I didn't anticipate this team was going to beat the Clippers um how, how did you feel coming into it? Cause la- I mean, obviously I was expecting a better game than last time, uh, but
1: not I don't think a, there's you know, any worse game than yeah, last exactly time. So, so we've got that. Uh, I wasn't expecting a win, but I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw from mostly the starters. Um, yeah, it Eventually was, was it was very, very rough. I, I think there was a lot of good takeaways and a lot of I shouldn't say a lot there were definitely some questionable lineup choices in the fourth quarter when the Clippers uh, really decided to blow up the lead that uh, that you can definitely tell from the box score who was playing when when that happened but yes. no a lot of a lot of positive things um, Karis getting to the free throw line 13 times and I think he had either five or seven of those in the first quarter. So just like being super aggressive off the bat, getting to the line and uh, getting to the rim, not stopping mid range. He did stop mid range, but getting to the rim, drawing fouls and uh, just generally being aggressive there. Uh, Brogdon was excellent, really good game. Also attacking the rim had uh, had some struggles from three, but still looked pretty good. And then Domas just, he was cleaning up the boards and doing, doing him though overall yeah um I agree
0: I thought like like you mentioned Karis really stood out to me um finished with like just about league average true shooting but considering how many shots he was taking maybe if you cut out some of the late threes um that happen when they're trying to get back in the game it's a little bit better but I agree like and even the mid-range shots he was taking I felt weren't uh it wasn't him pounding the air out of the ball. It was him no. taking a one dribble pull up or, mm-hmm. or getting right into a floater. And those are things that I'm more comfortable with him taking, or not even like that. I'm not comfortable with him taking. But you get what I mean. Like, yeah, just from what we're used to analyzing and watching, like it just seems like he's more comfortable taking those shots or those shots are more likely to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were definitely good. Uh, I, what did you think about him shooting overall last night from three? Because he was he at least was taking some stuff from behind screens because mm-hmm. they were going under on him a
1: lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I It seemed really inconsistent. Like his shot seemed really inconsistent. And I know you were talking about it with Caitlin about his catch and shoot and just like digging into why he's such a bad catch and shoot. Like he just doesn't shoot well without dribbling the ball. Uh, but even last night, he just didn't shoot well at all. Um I think it's just an inconsistency sort of thing. Like it seems like his feet are all over the place. I'm far from a shot doctor, but yeah. it just seems like when you look at it, especially when he's catching, but also off the dribble, like his feet just don't look right. And there was a couple shots where as soon as I saw it go up, I was I was like, "That's not going in," and I, I was right because only one of eight went in. So it's not like I'm um, uh, that's not, not that impressive. But yeah. I, his mid-range looked pretty good like you can tell if a big is going to drop and the his defender is going over the screen he's going to pull up for the free throw line like that's going to happen that is his shot and he he hit it pretty well last night i thought
0: yeah exactly like i think that's the great point to bring up like when he's taking the lightly contested or he's, he's beating drop by by taking those quick pull-ups uh those are good like those have felt good for me yes. i, I want to do some more diving into the numbers with that but overall it's like when he's taking them And it's because he can't beat his man that he's taking a pull-up to. Like, those are the ones that aren't as good. And, I mean, that makes sense. But that's the shot he
1: wants. Like, when the big drops and the dude goes over, that's the shot he wants. And I love that. Exactly. I agree. What did you think about his defense last night? Uh, Not as bad. I didn't notice him uh, getting roasted off ball very much. And he had a couple times where he was – quote-unquote weak side rim protection that obviously he's ill-suited for it and that didn't go super great but that did not yeah no uh but nobody on the pace is as good as that so that's not hey ed ed is
0: i think ed, ed and, okay ed and true. justin are the only guys who consistently do it but justin doesn't uh get asked to do it a lot because he's either chasing a really good shooter or he's guarding the best player so it's yes
1: you know, yeah it doesn't he, end up
0: working that way yeah um yep. But, yeah, I thought Karis's defense was a little bit better last night. Obviously, counting stats looked nice. Like, he had five stocks. But I thought a lot of it was, like you mentioned, he just doesn't rotate over a lot as the low man. But mm-hmm. nobody on the team does, so I can't really single anybody out. Yeah, right. Um, That's but, Ed, I mean, Ed had a really nice blow up at the rim on, mm-hmm. uh, on Zubach. Did. I I was impressed with Zubach last night. Like, I yes. have been the whole season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he I, I don't think he outplayed Domas or anything like that. But in no. his role, he uh, he definitely gave Domas some problems. Um Mm -hmm. at least early on i thought domas kind of figured him out a little bit as the game went on yeah um but no he was good and he gave a lot of issues with with just in terms of rim protection Mm -hmm. um what do you think really clicked for the starters last night because like you're mentioning again it's not just looking at plus minus but technically and also just from watching i mean the starting group outplayed um outplayed the clippers starting unit outside of paul george Uh, but i mean again that's because pg played like you know, 40 minutes instead of like the other starter minutes. Um, But the bench yeah. just absolutely uh, beat the piss out of the Pacers bench.
1: Yeah. Like if you look at the team stats, there's nothing that's really that surprising except that the Clippers had 34 assists and the Pacers had 14. So like everything else is pretty even, but that is just way, way off. And part of that is that when that bench unit came in for the Clippers, Rondo, he only had five assists, but it felt like they were all really, really easy. Yeah. Like it was just a very easy corner, corner three for uh, Batum or Terrence Mann, even hit a couple of Nick threes. Batum was so good last
0: he, night. I, man. Like,
1: I, I, you could argue he was like the third best player on the floor. He was. After, no, he yeah. was the third best player. He was he had like five blocks and a steal. <laughs> exactly. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I, I um, think in. Oh, gosh. One of my friends who covers the. Uh, the Clippers I think they were saying it partially in jest but they're like you know there's a legitimate case that you can make that Nick Batum has been the best defender on the Clippers this year including Paul George and and Kawhi um, which I I wouldn't necessarily agree with and I I think they were joking for the most part but like he's been that good it's definitely embellishing he's been good though watching yeah watching this I mean he just kind of does everything he's the kind of player who the Pacers are missing frankly like a guy who can play the four yeah switch a little bit Uh um kind of do just a little bit of everything. We saw that last night. Um, I thought he was really huge in opening up a lot for them. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what stood out a lot for the bench with me. Uh, Just not, it's not even just not having anybody to guard him. Like Terrence Mann getting downhill was killer. He was fantastic. You Um, could
1: let him get to the rim because he was just going to throw the ball off the backboard, but then (laughs) they would get the offensive rebound. And it was just, yeah, it was hidden. Getting there was a problem and making the shot was not an issue. Yeah, definitely. And It just overall, like the, the lack of size
0: on the bench was killer. I I thought Mm -hmm. that was the biggest thing. And even then in the starting lineup, I mean, Marcus Morris, like John Schumann, who uh, writes for NBA.com. is fantastic. If you guys don't read him, you should. Um, He pointed this out and it's something, you know, we and I have pointed out all year, but it's nice to see national people pointing it out too. Like, I mean, Marcus Morris. It wasn't even him. I think he only hit three threes last night, or even took three threes. Yep. He was like they were calling post ups for Marcus Morris because yes. he had that much of a size advantage. Uh, Malcolm was guarding him for a lot of the game, and as good as Malcolm is as a defender at one on one scenarios when he's not, you know, trying to guard a, a guard, um, he just doesn't have the height to contest that. And that was right. that was killer.
1: Yeah, it, there were some. Interesting, like I said, there were some interesting uh, lineup decisions to open the fourth specifically when the Clippers had, I have it written down, uh, they had Sumner, McConnell, Holiday, Jeremy, and Goga out there against Rondo. A, yeah, that lineup was... Rondo, crappy. Terrence Mann, Paul George, Batum, and Patrick Patterson. I didn't understand that at all. And and it took, uh, um, I think it was four minutes. Four minutes, the Pacers were down nine and then Justin goes in for Sumner because Paul George is on the floor who was already cooking Justin. Like he, he, had 30 points through three quarters and then they put Sumner on him. Like that just wasn't going to go super great, but you could definitely tell. I don't know if lamb is technically the four in that situation yeah, he is. With, with once Justin got out there, I guess he's Justin's kind of the four. I don't know, but specifically against this lineup and then they swapped out Patrick Patterson with Marcus Morris that's when it really got ugly because they just had three wing size players out there. And we had one with Justin because lamb is kind of a wing, but more of a guard. And that's just, just got really, really ugly. And and I felt like with the bench with their plus minus and all that, they, they had just terrible fouls. Like it felt like the Pacers had the foul game going for them with the starters, but then the Clippers like Rondo, I think it was two possessions straight. As soon as he got in the game, went right at Goga got four free throws, and it was just he just was clearly hunting Goga because Goga was going to foul him. Yeah, definitely. And
0: I think it's uh, last night. It's like one of those nights where I've I've loved like Caitlin and I talked about this on the pod yesterday about how you know the experimentation has has fit in this year. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we didn't even mention this. Doug McDermott went out with an ankle injury, which that throws the wrench in things as well. Um, Another that Sox wouldn't have changed have. that much in in terms of defense, but yeah, you know overall. Not great. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was the same ankle that was giving him issues, but um, hopefully not. And hopefully he's back. Uh, I, I, I'm going to assume he's not going to be back tonight, just given. Um, but I don't have a, like a real read on that. But um, hopefully he's OK. Um, But like you're mentioning, like last night is the night where I would have wanted to see. And I know it's not pretty. You're playing uh, uh one of the, probably the second best team in the league right now, I think, by record. Second or third. I, I can't remember if they passed the Suns or not um point being like i wanted to see o'shea Brissett play like give him an, an opportunity he plays 47 seconds of garbage time that does nothing for him and nothing for us trying to analyze him right like uh which is you know it's not about us but point being like i think last night was a real opportunity because jeremy lamb just had not a lot last night he didn't hit anything um he got to the free throw line a couple of times which was nice but overall like defensively he was struggling um he lost the ball a couple of times. He just looked completely out of rhythm and it felt like it would have been a real opportunity to give somebody else some run. Um, I mean, you can even make the same argument. Like I thought Aaron had a good game um, or not good, but like just in terms of like uh, I thought he was fine. He could have been a little bit better in terms of distribution, but um, I know it was hard too, because as good as TJ McConnell was when he came in to start the game and he comes in at the end of the first plays a decent portion of the second, I thought he looked really good, but as the game closed out, um, like you could tell the size was just too much for him. He was part of the reason they couldn't hold up anything at the point of attack. Um, Gogo was just completely overwhelmed with everything coming
1: at the rim. Uh, and it, last night was not a good Goga game. No, no, not at all. Um, it, I I really do think he has the best looking three-pointer that never goes in Yeah, yes. because the, a there's, there's a sideline out of bounds play where he just got the ball at the wing, turned and looked and was like, oh, I'm wide open and put it up. And I felt like it was going in and it just wasn't. Yeah. McConnell. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, there was a lineup change with like seven minutes to go where Brogdon, Sabonis, Levert all came back in and TJ McConnell went out. And so they closed with their normal starting or uh, closing lineup with Aaron in there instead of TJ McConnell. And I, I made a note of that cause I wasn't sure if it was the size that had that had uh, McConnell frustrated and just he just looked like he was getting beat a lot and he wasn't really with the rest of the starters out there he wasn't really making the most of what he's able to do offensively uh, but then four minutes go, TJ McConnell came back in for Aaron so that it kind of they, they still went with McConnell even though it didn't seem like he was having the great game and Aaron uh it was a a tale of two possessions for me. Cause Aaron had like a possession where he'd go down, he'd get into the lane, jump, and then realize he doesn't have a pass and just kind of throw it and see what happens. And then he'd go down and block Terrence man on a fast break. And then he'd go and he'd pass the ball directly to a clipper, but he'd come down and hit a three. So it was just like every other possession, it was just going to be either completely awful or very boomer boss. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's just not, uh, pretty inconsistent for him and that that's just a a struggle to have out there
0: yeah most definitely I would agree with that um all right so I guess the next thing I would ask you I mean part of what was killer is that the team went nine of 40 from three I didn't really feel like they were struggling to drive on the rim that much so it was kind of it felt surprising to see them resort to so many threes I know a lot of it's because late game they're trying to get back in um how much do you think the three point shooting factor in? Because I think obviously that has a big impact. Like TJ finished with zero assists yesterday for like it, probably the first time this season. It feels like. Yep. Um, I don't think I don't know if it's actually the first time this season. I'm going to check on that. while Will you stall for me? But um, yeah, regardless, I mean the team just couldn't hit threes to save their life last night. It was killer.
1: Yeah, I mean when you think about like I said at the beginning the the box score t- the team stats it was you know, 34 assists to 14 assists. And the difference between that is that the Clippers hit 46% of their first threes. game this season without an assist. Okay. That's, that's not surprising. Um, but yeah, the Clippers shot 46% from three, the Pacers shot 23%. And I can almost guarantee you that half of those threes that we missed were assisted. But probably even more than that. Cause you know, Doug goes out after 10 minutes 0 for one from three, yep. obviously that would have helped a lot with three point shooting. Karras goes one of eight. That's not good. Domas took four, one of four, not good, bro. Like it just all the way down the line, it was just missing threes. And I don't feel like they were very heavily contested or they yeah. were like out of rhythm or anything like that. There were a couple that were forced late. Like you said, Brogdon fading away and missed short on the left wing, but nothing really stands out Is just, they missed like that's, that's really all that I can say about it. I don't know if there's any deeper analysis to that. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a good point. Like, I just think, uh, Overall, I mean, you look at the team in general, like the, the Clippers just hit. I don't want to just say that they hit everything it's just reactive, but that's true. I mean, like I think most of the they had a ton of shots just come from the corner because they're great yep. at the driving kick game. Um, And that was killer. Like PG, of course, like we'll, we'll talk about PG in a minute. But overall, just hard to stop their shooting with what they had. But also a lot mm-hmm. of it was the defense. And I thought both defenses were just kind of objectively pretty bad. Yeah. Um, like I didn't think the Clip, like the Clippers didn't, they they switched to zone pretty early on and even mm-hmm. then they were getting their asses kicked. Um which <laughs> my my analysis in the daytime is not nearly as good as my nighttime analysis if that's what I'm yeah. referring to, but <laughs> that's that's just what it felt like. You know, like yeah. I I haven't the Clippers haven't experimented with zone a ton this year. So that was different. Um how did you feel about the Pacers zone last night? Um
1: I thought it was okay. I don't know if there's much to really say about it like it it seemed like they were treading water I don't feel like that was a huge advantage or disadvantage but it just doesn't really matter how good your defense is when you've got corner shooters who are just going to hit shots and that's what Mann and Morris and Kennard and Batum, I know Batum was only two of seven, but yeah. they just they were hitting shots regardless of the defense, and they were open no matter what. So I guess that's a a detriment to the defense is that if they were that open in the corners, then something is wrong. Yeah, I mean they hit seven, they hit seven corner threes last night on thirteen, yep. so it's it's pretty good. I think Domas was the one that had to close out on like three of them, I noticed too, which is just a struggle for him and just poor. That's just I don't know if that's structure or Domas is just helping but when he's closing out on a corner three it's it's generally going in yeah definitely um what did you think about so the last question
0: I want to ask before we talk a little bit more about the Clippers and then we'll transition to some uh stuff on the Rockets uh what does Ed have to do to play more I didn't think I mean I thought he was playing well last night uh obviously he missed his two threes um but he got to the line he was giving them some downhill stuff um I, I thought he was active defensively and they they kind of needed his size even though he's like the, that's that's part of the issue with the team like you're talking about Eben Sumner's size. size and like <laughs> that's not no i mean Ed's like 6-5 with a big wingspan but he can't really like ask him to guard somebody's a three is is a lot mm-hmm. um but he's consistently just unable to play real starters minutes and i wonder what do you think about that because it's been not frustrating it's just been more like i wonder what he has to do to to get those minutes because I mean, it feels like if any minutes would be coming to him, they'd be coming from Jeremy Lamb right now.
1: right? And Jeremy has not been good the
0: last couple of games.
1: No, no, he hasn't been. And I I think, so I I should have looked at what, like how long of a stretch it was that Lamb played because I feel like in the first half, he played like a a seven, eight minute stretch. And then after that, it was pretty short spurts because he just didn't have it going. Like you said, Uh, Sumner played 20 minutes, which was sixth most on the team. Uh, and that's with McDermott out. I think that's the biggest thing. Is like even without McDermott, yeah, he only played the 20 minutes. I mean, he didn't. He doesn't do anything bad on the court. Like he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He misses some threes. He missed some shots. But he he got some offensive rebounds. He got two steals. He had some really good transition. Uh, he had a, a great run out when uh, I think it was on a made basket and Brogdon just saw him underneath the basket cutting and threw the ball from three quarters court and Sumner got a foul on Kennard. And like, that's the sort of stuff that I don't think anybody else on the team really does is Sumner's standing in a corner with his hand up and just shoots to the basket and, and gets a foul. And that's just an element of the team that we've talked about all year is just missing that athleticism and that burst. But, I would have agreed with you that last night would have been a great time for him to get extra minutes, especially if you told me Doug was out because of the size that the Clippers have when they can run Batum at the two PG at the three Marcus Morris at the four and Patrick Patterson at the five. Like that's just a lot of wing type players that Sumner would struggle guarding because he's not that big, but he's also probably best suited on the team after Justin to do that. Yeah. And, and Brogdon obviously too. So I don't know. I don't know what he has to do to get minutes. I think we've been asking that question all year.
0: Yeah, and it's not even like – it's not even that he's not playing, but like, I hope people understand where we're coming from. Like, he, In the last seven games, he started all seven. Mm-hmm. He's only surpassed 20 23 minutes once, and that was against the Spurs when nobody was on the team. So right. um, it's just like – even in the Minnesota game, he only played 22 minutes and there was nobody on the team that was really there. So it's just it, – it, I don't know. I, I, I am a little bit interested to see – Um, because I really want to see him get some on ball reps. Like we saw some, there was like the one game where he got a couple of pick and rolls Mm -hmm. just hasn't been happening as much recently. And again, we're getting a little bit granular with it. I'm sure, you know, they're not going to be, if, if Malcolm and Karis are there, they're not going to be running things for Ed. And I get that. Um, but it would be just cool to see him. Like maybe he gets a couple opportunities with the second unit. Like that's something that could be a wrinkle that you could try, but, um, Worth noting for sure. And worth looking out for. Yep. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're going to close out on this game and talk a little bit about the Rockets. Welcome back. All right. So Rhett, um, Paul George is so fun to watch, man. So I, I know good. this is not going to be a popular take. I don't really care. I love watching PG play. It you should be a
1: popular like, take. You just had an He's awesome really game. good. He is like, he is probably one of the most ath- aesthetically pleasing players to watch. And I think people would have said that when he was on the Pacers and now they don't want to admit that because he's not on the Pacers, but he's, he was just really good. And the Pacers didn't have an answer, even like, which is not surprising. Like if, if Kawhi had played, it would have been the same thing. And if they had both played, they probably would have won by a lot more, but no, he was, he was really good. Eight assists was quite a surprise, um, but he was able to get into the, get into the paint and dish out to the corners like we've been talking about. And uh, Zubac, was able to take advantage of some mismatches when they would switch. That was uh, frustrating. Very bit, frustrating. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching like, yeah, there were, it was, I don't want to,
0: they weren't <laughs> quite soft switches, but it was close. Like the one that I'm picturing, I think it was the second quarter. Um They switched uh, Malcolm and uh, Malcolm ice the pick and roll. And for whatever reason, Domas ended up taking, uh, I think it was, Jackson. Jackson. I think, yeah, it was Reggie Jackson. Yep, and then I Malcolm had up on, yep. on Zubash in the paint. And I, I remember I rewound that like three times. I was like, why did they switch? Yes. It? Because yep. Reggie Jackson's not enough of a pull-up pull up shooter or off-the-dribble shooter that nope. you have to worry about switching that. So I I don't know. That one, like it's little things like that. Like I mm-hmm. felt like most of the um, mismatches that happened for Zubach um, or for, for Morris in general too, like it was off of stuff like that. And there was just like little things like that that were um, – Kind of vexing because they were switching a lot of the side exchanges yesterday, which I thought makes Mm -hmm. sense. I like when they do that because Mm -hmm. it just makes it easier on them. They were messing up a lot of those things when they weren't switching earlier on when Karis first came back. Mm -hmm. Um, But like that kind of thing, it's just like you bleed some easy points by doing that.
1: Yeah, they didn't put up any fight on the switch. Like if you if you look at the two clips that I put out, Brogdon is 100 percent. Putting his body between Reggie Jackson and, and Zubac to avoid the pick, Reggie Jackson drives to the lane, and then you've got Brogdon on Zubac in the post and Domas on Reggie Jackson out on the perimeter, which was completely unnecessary. Like if you're if, if Reggie Jackson's going to take a pick, you can you can hedge, you can do something, but I'm not. I don't really care about Reggie Jackson coming off a of Zubac screen, like let him make that shot before you completely sell out to avoid it. And then in the second half, there was another one where Brogdon got hung up on the screen and it was a, it was a good switch because Brogdon would not have been able to get to Reggie Jackson, but then he just like lollygagged back and stayed on Zubach's back as he went down into the post. And so completely didn't fight for position at all, got the ball down low and then Brogdon had to foul because it was going to be an easy bucket. And it's stuff like that where it's just, we've talked about it it's just switching unnecessarily guarding rajon Rondo out on the perimeter with TJ McConnell and getting blown by three straight possessions like you don't have to be up on Rajan Rondo he doesn't want to shoot that shot and it's just there's no there's no matchup based tweaks to 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 make sense with uh with who you're playing and how you're going to play them it's pretty much the same thing no matter what and last night the Pacers paid for it
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: um and I
0: think it's hard too, because like I don't want to get on the players or get on Malcolm, like because I think if I had to, if I got switched onto Avici Zubac, I'd be yeah. like, well, what? What am I supposed to do? And I, I, I like, I, I agree, like, he would maybe have fought a little bit more on that. And it doesn't happen super often, to be no. fair. It's just like that's the kind of thing where, as the game goes on, you're like, I have to switch onto this guy again. Like that's that's money in the bank for him. Yeah, seven feet tall, like 270 pounds. What am I mm-hmm. supposed to do to defend him? Fall oh. him? That's <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> And I think some people will be like, well, you know, this and that. I'm like, well, okay, it, just in all honesty, what is he supposed to do? But, uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I just think putting Domas on the perimeter in general, like I understand putting him up at the level of the screen, but switching mm-hmm. with him is uh, – and it's not necessarily even him. It's just there's nobody who can – like switching Domas' man onto anybody else in that starting five right now yeah. just doesn't make a lot of sense. You're going to um, struggle. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a little vexing, but – uh
1: yeah, what did you think of Luke Kennard? I liked Luke Kennard last night. Yeah, I th- I thought he did pretty okay. I think a lot of people had really high expectations for him coming into the year thinking I he'd be did, yeah. I did too, just because I I think he's good um and he can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. He had four assists last night that might have just been a function of them playing well and hitting a lot of shots, but um there were a couple times where the Pacers helped off of him. And that just is just confusing to me. There was one specifically I made a note of McDermott dropped off of Kennard to go down to Rondo in the corner. And that just does not make any sense to me. So Kennard made him pay for that. And I, I think he looked pretty good. They didn't take advantage of him very much on defense as much as I thought they would have Um, with as much switching as the Clippers tried to do, you know, if Kennard is, is guarding Sumner, and you can get him on Brogdon instead or, you know, anybody like that. I feel like that's something that you should try to take advantage of because Kennard's an okay defender, but he's just not quick. So yeah, if you can try to either body him with Brogdon or, or get him on somebody like McConnell or Aaron and go to the basket, they they should do that. But they I, I don't know. I didn't see very much of that as I was watching. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um well I guess last thing I want to do clippers, like what do you think about them
1: uh, and their title
0: chances now? Um like, I know, I mean, you and I both watch quite a lot of basketball, just keeping around with everything. Um, I've been high on the Clippers recently, and especially, too, with uh, with the unfortunate news with Denver. I think that they're going to have an easier path, theoretically, in, in getting uh, to at least the conference finals to see what, what happens there. But, but what do you think about what's going on out west right now?
1: I think as good as Zubach is, I think they're going to need Ibaka. Oh yeah, out. for sure. He's, he's gonna be like close to 16, right. 16 straight games with a back, and he didn't even go on their road trips. I think they have one more. I think they play tonight and then Friday or yeah. something like that. Um, so he'll miss those games. So he'll be borderline 20 games straight missed. Um, but no, I like them. I think I think Paul George gets a lot of crap for his playoff performances, but is, I mean, and uh, rightfully uh, so. Uh, but sometimes
0: I do. I get so tired of like. Every single time Paul George comes back back to Indiana or he has a good game anywhere, there's just the referendum like, well, yeah, but he's only
1: elite if he can do in the playoffs.
0: And he has done stuff in the playoffs. It's not like he's a you're elite you're a, if
1: you're a top five MVP candidate one year. Exactly. Like that's it doesn't matter. It's you're elite, fine. if
0: if you make all NBA, you're an elite
1: player. Is Harden not elite? He's a two time MVP. Like it's fine. But no, I think the Clippers, especially like you said, with Denver. Um if I'm the Clippers, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about ourselves because I think they have a great chance, especially with the Lakers, not like AD supposed to come back in 10 to 14 days, or I guess that was a couple days ago. So maybe a week or so And then LeBron who knows he's the machine, but mm-hmm. he obviously needs the time. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, Western conference finals or bust. Don't you think like, yeah,
0: no, I think they're in that position. Like right now, um, I don't know. I've really enjoyed watching the Lakers like the Lakers are good. Um, I actually I I know a lot of people disagree with me. I was a fan of the Andre Drummond signing just because I think they have an they opportunity die. to make it work. And if they don't, they don't have to play him. Um, mm-hmm. They he just gives them more versatility, gives them more opportunities to try and find mismatches. And I know he's not necessarily the like I don't want to see him post up. I don't no. think anybody wants to. Um, but if you find opportunities to get him, like he can do things defensively if you put him in the right situations. Um, so I, I just think like and the same thing with the LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin signings. Like I liked those for the Nets because you're, you're getting those guys to come in on a minimum deal for nothing. Um, I understand the concerns about Claxton not playing, but I really do think that when it comes down to it most, he's going to play. Um, and it's not like he's been completely out of the rotation. Like, I just think having versatility is key. Like, we see that with the Pacers. Like, you can go to the third – like, looking at a lot of the teams that didn't make it, so take, like, the 13, 14 Pacers, the Grit and Grind Grizzlies, um, like, some of the Portland teams that have been solid, Um, even, like, Denver last year. Uh, Denver last year, I guess, isn't, like, a great example because they had solid versatility. But, like, big thing, like, you look at the Lakers last year. They were able to morph what they were doing defensively and offensively in their front court routinely. Yep. Um, like having the ability to go from like AD could play at the five. They didn't have to play him at the five that much. And they were able to like run like Markeith Morris in the finals was fantastic and gave mm-hmm. them a lot of opportunities to go five out. Like, um, Dwight was huge in the, in the Denver series for, you can have for him go out there foul just, joke at six yep, times. Exactly. Yep. Like just having that versatility is huge. And yeah, so I, I like the Clippers. I agree on a Zubach has to be big, um, mm-hmm. Uh and with the with bacca coming back too and seeing what he looks looks like. I though I mean, I guess I, I'm a lot more lukewarm on the Demarcus Cousins signing just because like he hasn't actually played meaningful basketball in like five ever. I,
1: I so, don't really care about that very much like it, it like we just talked about with Aldridge and Blake and oh yeah like I don't think it's, like like it's a versatil- bad thing but I just don't no. know what
0: he's gonna bring to them because like I it's- still wonder who their third big is like I guess Patrick Patterson was actually decent last night he wasn't like yeah. awesome but like he, he did some stuff so
1: I think that's the thing that the Clippers have when it comes to the versatility but not Not only that, but like bending the other team to their will when they play Marcus Morris at the five or Patrick Patterson at the five, like they're not really fives, but they can go five out and then you've got PG and Kawhi like you have to adjust to that. So at that point, you can kind of nullify the lack of that third big by just playing a bunch of wings, which they have. A lot of and it's well, yeah, exactly. it's embarrassing. Like even if they wanted to, like yeah, they don't have to play a center. I mean, like you mentioned,
0: nope. you could play Morris, Batum, George, Leonard, and like pick pick your poison, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, the playmaking might be a little bit rough, but at the same time, like that's shot making. The shot making so <laughs> is fantastic, and the defense yeah. would be really good too. Like it's hard to it's hard to counter that. So yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with them. um
1: Have you did you watch the Phoenix Utah game last week? Um, I watched some of it. Didn't it go in overtime? Yes. It did go yes. Overtime. Okay. So I watched overtime. It was that good. Was really good. It was,
0: that was probably like the best game of the season. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I actually, I don't, I don't want to be that person who says, I don't like, I enjoy this Utah team a ton, but I, I just think I'd take the Clippers right now. Yep. Like I think if it's a seven game series, I'd probably take the Clippers just because mm-hmm. Utah has been in a little bit of a downturn recently. Um, and I just think, I mean, it's so hard to counter what the Clippers can do. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not like out on Utah. Like I still think Utah is, a, they have, they've got a really good shot to make the Western conference finals and go from there, but mm-hmm. we'll see on that, man. Um, on the other side of the Western conference though, the Houston Rockets. Yes. The Houston Rockets are not good. <laughs> they are not good. Um, But they are kind of fun to watch. I really enjoy a lot yes. of this team. Uh, Christian yes. Wood has been back and he's been solid. Um John Wall I I don't want to talk about John Wall. It makes me really sad to watch him play now. Um KPJ's been awesome though. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. for those not uh not firmly supplanted with who he is. Um he was with the Cavs, had some uh pretty not great personal stuff come up and he's had some issues off the court and I'm just hoping he can be well and be okay. Mm-hmm. Um get that under control, but he uh it seems like he's really found a good fit in Houston. His playmaking has been like absurd, man. I don't know how much yep. you've seen of Houston, but um, he's averaging almost seven assists per game. His shooting yep. hasn't been awesome, but considering what the team is, I'm not really surprised or super worried about it. To be completely honest, but no, um, he is going to give the team issues. Like I have no, I'm like Justin probably guards him. Justin, maybe Ed Sumner, maybe yeah. Like I mean, he's got fantastic craft with his dribble, yeah. so he's going to be very difficult to uh, to contain. And he drives a lot of what they do. Um, John Wall, I mean, John Wall can drive, um, but mm-hmm. just the pull-up shooting is awful. Don't, um, yeah, let like, him do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, to be fair, he had his best game of the season just about against, uh, against the Pacers the first time around. So we'll see what
1: happens with that. Yeah. Um, I'm I, definitely
0: excited. To, I mean, Jay, we get to watch Jay Sean Tate play,
1: man. Yes, Jay that's Sean what I was Tate just plays. about to say. He is ridiculous to me Uh, i mean he's only 6'4 but i swear he plays like he's 6'8 because he is just everywhere defensively i wish he was a pacer he would be so good on this team
0: like good just like connective passer he's not really a shooter but um he will shoot at least so that counts for something yep um and he's just a monster defensively like can can completely switch everything can handle mismatches pretty well um is a stocks machine like he's Mm -hmm. he's
1: a blast to watch yeah, really really like him. Uh it's it's really funny because I almost enjoy watching the bad teams as much as the good teams oh, because you get to see stuff like Jay Sean Tate and and Kevin Porter Jr like run the offense. Like Kevin Porter Jr never run the offense on a good team. Like even on the Cavs he was like coming off the bench some of the time to be their their sixth man. Um and that's more a testament to the team construction, but it's just really really great to see stuff like that. Um and especially with with Kenyon Martin Jr. to second round he's, pick I really I like him as well he's looked really good like they play
0: him yep. as kind of like a small ball four yep um and use him as a roller a lot and his athleticism is absurd like he's got great pop um I think he's got some ability defensively too uh so I'm interested to see like especially too with wood like this team of course really struggles with vertical threats um mm-hmm. and lobs so That'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but I think defensively the the Rockets are just going to have nothing for, for Domas. Yeah. Um which if, is a, it'll know, be a, another
1: game where we score like 130 points.
0: Yeah, I, that's what if I would we hit, hit our three as well. Um, one last question: uh, If I told you right now how many guys the Rockets have rostered this year, how many would you guess? At least 20. It is 27 to be yeah, exact. Holy
1: cow, that's a lot of guys. Um, that-
0: believe it or not <laughs> they've made a lot of trades
1: made oh, a lot of moves. a trade deadline dang it I, yeah, a linux so the trade deadline yeah. totally uh totally ratcheted things yeah um but yeah it's really funny if you look at their espn page i think they have seven different jerseys just because there's just so many people on completely different teams like you got yeah. milwaukee miami sacramento orlando like just really really funny how how many people they've had through there
0: yeah definitely man well at, this was fun. Uh we'll definitely talk again soon, maybe sometime this week. Who knows? Um to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Of course, go follow Rat and everything he does.
1: Rhett, do you have anything coming out soon or anything that you want to plug? Uh nope, not right now. Just just trying to trying to find some things and watch a ton of games. Definitely. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. To everyone
0: listening, yep. thank you. Have a good rest of your day.